Lynn of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Where are you, dude? Are you in the golf course right now? No, no. I'm actually uh, downtown D.C. seeing some, seeing some monuments. Oh, man. You are in the disaster zone right now. D- dude, have you – I'm talking about the, the team. Have you heard – about I, I won't, I'm not going to ask you about the executive stuff with, with Rizzo, but did you hear about Strasburg? That tomorrow they were going to have this whole retirement ceremony and a whole deal there. Number retirement. Did you hear about that? I heard that that, that was all going down, and then everything got canceled. That's the only thing I've heard. I've not heard why it's gotten canceled or anything like that, but just heard it did. Would you like to player to player fill them in? Like, how would this go? Okay, like paint me the scenario, right? Like Lance comes into the clubhouse you're on the team with him and and he's like yo why is it all crazy here this weekend it's the Nats like they're not even in it right now like what happened what would you tell him you're like Lance dude they're about to retire this guy's jersey and then they were like nope yep. actually we're not retiring a jersey how do you feel about that hey wait and wait one more and we want to maybe oh, get yeah. some money back on your contract <laughs> your guaranteed um, contract I'm going to tell you and we all know that we know this is a business and we're not surprised they're trying to get money back. So I'm not, I'm not surprised at all about that, uh, that idea, but man, one thing I did for the organization, I mean, literally threw, threw his arm off in that world series to help get him a world series. The, you know, the money stuff, you're going to argue over that, but you don't take the, you don't take the retirement and the, and the retired Jersey number away. That's uh, that means something special, especially to what he, what he brought to the city with the championship. Yeah. A championship I'm- with guys like, Ryan Zimmerman with guys like Trey Turner. Do you feel like that kind of puts a stain? If you're if you're an ex Strasburg teammate who was looking to come back for this ceremony, it puts a stain on what the organization you think of the organization as a fellow player. There were people with flights booked, you know, like yeah. they made plans to come do this on Saturday. It's tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're when you see that and you see how it went down, there's a lot of uh you're trying to figure out what 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 happened. What's the uh Where's the disconnect? Uh, you know who's pissed off who here to, to make this happen, and then uh, you know I don't I don't know Strauss well enough to know anything that went down, but obviously something's gone down where where everybody's upset about something for you to stop uh, you know a moment like that with people coming into town. So you know hopefully some more things come out. Hopefully they get it resolved so he can have it. But you know it's obviously a it's obviously a tough situation going going on right now with what was supposed to happen. One more on this. So if it was you, like let's say. The Cardinals were like, hey, dude, we're going to retire your number and do all this. And then they kind of pull the rug out and then eventually they fix it and they call. They're like, dude, we messed up. All good. Like, let's do the retirement ceremony next year and the whole deal. Are you the kind of guy that would be like, F you? After all uh, that, think, I'm not I think, calling I think, my you, I, think again. I think you know. I think you know the answer to that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just yes, wanted to man, confirm. If I'm that, if I'm that F you guy, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I think it would be I think it would be a tough pill to swallow, but I will say this: in in baseball, we've all seen time heals a lot of wounds. Um, so you can't sit here and say, "Hey, I'll never come back" and stuff like that. But I will say it would take a while to get over. Hey, I want to ask you a question here. Um, be a straight shooter here. Um, how does it feel giving up forty home runs this year, <laughs> dude? It, dude, it's unreal. It's unreal. Like it feels like every ball put in plays a home run. I don't know how to say. It. The other day they either got a bunt or a home run hit. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how to explain it. You make pitches and then you're getting outs. You're getting ground balls and then all of a sudden you make the same pitch and then 40 homers and you're just like, damn. 
the hell you, you now you, you're in the i'm in the point right now where this shit's happened so we just gotta you gotta sit here and say all right who gives a shit we gotta keep attacking we gotta keep trying to get outs because hell you already gave up 40 so there's no there's no point to, to worry about the ones you've already given up let's let's make sure we're making pitches so we try not to give up anymore What's the number? What's the number going into the season? You know you're going to give up homers, and I always tell people that the best pitchers, Cy Young guys, are going to be up there in the league lead because they're attacking guys. They don't walk guys like you. You know, you don't walk guys, so you're attacking guys. It's going to happen because you're not afraid of a single swing. Most of the time, you're coming out top. What's what's a number for a starting pitcher? Is it one less than starts? What is it? Yeah, you. You're, to be honest with you, you go in every year. You're like, man. You, you try to keep it under 20, to be honest. And then if it gets to that to where, hey, you give up one, uh, if you're less than one to start, if you're attacking, striking people out, that's a, you know, you can't be mad at it. But when you start getting to where, you know, you're giving up, when you're over one to start, that's when it just kills you, man. But you try not to walk people, you try not to do those things so they don't hurt you. But as of lately, they've hurt me with multi run home runs. This, the solo ones, I've won multiple games this year, giving up solo ones. You just got to make sure you don't give up the big one. And lately, I've been giving up the big one. Hey, I heard uh, recently you had your credit card stolen, man. Tell us about that story. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, you get, you get, yeah, you go out to, you get out in LA. I don't know if they got a system in place or something. I'm sure they do, but yeah, credit card. We got a call saying people are buying up everything from T-Mobile. I think they bought a whole, tried to, tried to buy a whole store with a credit card. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was like, I don't even have T-Mobile, so that's definitely not us. So we got it all situated, and then the holiday weekend didn't didn't help anything, uh, getting cards out and stuff like that. You know that nobody works with cash anymore. You're like, hey, can I pay for this coffee with cash? You're like, time out. Uh, no, I'm like, well, you either take the cash or you don't. You don't get any money for this coffee. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, what's so, that about? I'm with you on that. I always have cash on me. Yeah, so you have cash. You're like, hey, I want to pay for this four ninety nine dollar coffee. They're like, hey, and they're like, hey, you got your card? And I was like, dude, I don't have a card on me. And they're like, well, we can't accept cash. And I was like, well, thanks for the coffee. <laughs> that's funny you say that or they i've had one where they're like hey we don't have any change we can give you the bills but we have no change left yeah yeah perfect cool here's five dollars you can you can eat, eat 25 cents then that's on you like, <laughs> i know like, why it's because they why? want that extra dollar but also the same it's in a similar category of why your credit card got stolen bad actors that say oh it's cash and my boss isn't here and it's going in yep. the pocket and you track it all this way. Yep, true. And I understand that. But man, when you're looking at trying to just buy a cup of coffee and you can't pay cash for it, that's that's a tough spot. You still get the envelope? Oh, you still get the big league envelope every road trip? Uh, uh just well, they ain't the big league envelopes we used to get. Uh that's that that's <laughs> oh, for sure. That's right. Uh, they put it down. Can you explain yeah. for people that are yeah, on the, the outside that didn't play ball? You might as well just give it back to the to what's the, the big league envelope? The you, everyone. you give it uh yeah it's the uh the meal money so you get uh you know you get your meal money each day uh and it helps pay for your clubhouse dues and stuff like that now they, they don't get the meal money and then now you don't have clubhouse dues so it's pretty much the same thing you just don't get the cash to do the tips and stuff yourself so um yeah so now it's just turn around and give it back to the uh the travel uh the travel guy just to, to tip him out and say thanks so you get no cash. It used to be a hundred and I think a hundred and like five bucks. A day. Yeah, it would, it would yeah. fluctuate about a hundred and five hundred and six bucks a day. You go a ten game road trip, you're rich. It's real easy. But those those envelopes, I think we talked about this earlier. Those envelopes never came sealed. 
So that traveling guy's like, <laughs> he's hey. handing you the envelope, and then he <laughs> hands you, he gives you time because he hands you to sign it. You got to sign it. Everybody has a list, and that time, you know, you're allowed to get in there and get you know, some back, get Throw that hundred dollar bill back. It's a solid move. Yep. It's a solid yep. move. It's it, it lines his pockets. Get, now, yeah, now you get a ten day road trip, and I think you get like. Uh, Maybe you maybe get 150 bucks for the whole trip. So you're like, here you go, dude, just keep it. <laughs> you can, just you can keep have it. it. That's good. Just keep, keep calling me out at the hotel every once in a yeah. while. Lance, so when you just went through the credit card situation, did you have to ask like a, a teammate, like, yo, dude, can you pay for something <laughs> for me until I get my car back? And if not, who would you ask? Like, who's the first dude on your new squad you'd go to and be like, Hey, Rich, man, I need some help. Oh, that's, dude, I got three. I go straight to it. It's, it's Mookie, Freddie, and Jay Hay. It's like, hey, fellas, I need some cash. I need some help here. And I, they, they wouldn't bat an eye at it. And they're like, give me back whenever, whenever you can. So, and I, they're not hurting for it either. So, no, be they'd right. be like, give it back or don't. I won't remember anyway. Yeah, yeah, I've got so yeah, much. How is um, Mookie feeling, man? We saw he was on crutches. Have you, have you talked to him today at all or anything or no? Uh, last night it was it was sore. Um, so everything that we heard last night, it's uh, no like no brokes. All the scans came back. Uh, it was just it just bruised pretty bad. Um, so they were just trying to make sure they uh, kept the pressure off of it, uh, so it wouldn't swell up. So hopefully, keep the swelling down today. All that stuff gets out of there, and the, you know, give them a day or two just to get the swelling out, and it should be in, should be in a good spot. So we'll, I'm sure we'll know more today when we get to the field. I got to take you back to some stats. We were talking about the home run stat. I want to talk about the strikeout stat because it's kind of a two-part piece here. We got screwed on the Immaculate Grid today because you fell two strikeouts short of 200 one year. We thought yep. you were a 200 strikeout guy, and it hit our gritty. We couldn't. We didn't do well in the grid. So two questions. Okay. What the heck? You couldn't pick up two more strikeouts that year? <laughs> and do you play the Immaculate Grid? I do not play the immaculate grid. I've heard some things, and I'm that old guy now. So uh, some of the kids will come up and be like, "Hey, like when you came in, can you give us a name of somebody we wouldn't know?" Stuff like that. Uh, you know, you've been on a lot of teams and you know a lot of people. I was like, "Dude, you can tell me I'm old. That's fine. Uh, I'll see if I can help out." Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think that that year I was at 198 or, or something like that. I, I got to 200 innings. I think I was at 201 innings, and they were like, hey, you got over 200 innings. You're good. And I was like, no, let me go back out for see if I can get a couple more punches. And they're like, no, you're you're done. Uh, you're, I, I don't remember what the what the ERA was, but they're like, hey, you're, everything's in a good spot. You had a good year. You're done. And I was like, no, I'm trying to get 200. And they're like, well, too bad. So that's what happened. <laughs> too bad. When you say they were saying this to you, do you have a name so that we can at least like blame our, our loss today on a particular human? Like, I'm, I'm going to tell coach? you that it was pitching coach Derek Lewis. He's like, hey, you've had a good year. Like, don't go out there and try to get two. Because we had already, I think we had already uh, clinched a playoff spot and all that. And it was like, hey, you're good. Get ready for the playoffs. You did everything you could this year. Let's not chase something and, and then have something go wrong. And I was like, I respect it, but I also respect 200 punches. And, and September 8th, 2023, Derek Lilquist ruined our Friday. Yeah. <laughs> you never playoffs know are better than the Friday. I know. Yeah, it was, I, I, under, I understood the process, but I was like, man, 200 <laughs> looked good on the back of the card. Yes, Hell it yeah. Would. All right, question for you. Fresh news today. Walker Bueller, who I don't know if you've met or talked to because he was rehabbing, but the team sent out the official release because we were following the progress. Like he did the rehab innings, a couple of them last weekend looked good. And they came out and said, you know, I'm coming back from TJ. 
it's quick. We're going to shut it down and we'll try it again next year. Your thoughts to that, because obviously that's a big blow to the team because he's been a dude in the playoffs, would have been like you in the playoffs, but also your perspective on how that is for a pitcher to be figuring out, like battling back from a second TJ coming into a playoff race and talking with the team and making sure he takes care of himself too, because he's not Mookie, Freddie, Hayward, Rich yet. Right. Um, and I think that's there's a lot of things that go into the second Tommy John and stuff like that. He's done a great job to get him to get himself to where he actually threw in a game this year and got on, you know, got some, uh, you know, doing some rehab up downs and stuff like that. So I think that all in all, with you looking at career uh, second Tommy John, everything was really being pushed. Um, and when you come back at the end of the year after not having the year of stress, and then go straight in the playoffs. That could be in a spot to where it puts his career in jeopardy, and it could put the team in jeopardy if, he, if he's, if he, you know, just not having the year under his belt to, of pitching and stuff like that. So I think all in all, I think he's in a good spot because he was able to get back. But he, you know, Walker wants to pitch and he wants to help the team win, and he knows he's, he's capable of that. But it's also make sure you got to protect yourself, and you got, you know, you're in a you're in a spot that is weird with the second Tommy John. You got to make sure you, you do everything you can to make sure you can. Uh, you know, hopefully have a good run there and become that, uh, make that money for yourself, but also help the team win more than just this year. Yeah, good call. And so how do you feel right now with where the pitching staff is at? Because obviously we're not going to go over the case. No one's in, in on that unless you've got something for us. But Julio Rios obviously is is on at mid-leave. He's probably not going to pitch for us this year either. So you're becoming a, a – if you weren't already a very important acquisition for this ball club, because they're losing some of their vets right now, obviously a guy like Bueller who is not coming back. And then a guy like Urias who I know he's had his ups and downs on the mound this year too, but like he was leading the team in innings. Yeah. I mean, when you look at, uh, you know, uh, Bueller and uh, Urias not being there in the playoffs, if they were, that would be, you know, enormous boost for a team. Um, when it comes down to it, we've got some young guys, uh, uh, Pep threw the ball well last night in Miami, obviously, and then you got to your boy. You're seeing what uh, what Bobby Miller can become uh, right before your eyes as a rookie, um, getting confidence. His stuff's you know electric, and more and more he pitches, the better he's going to be. And when it comes down to it, we got uh, we got to be better. Uh, Kirsch and I got to be on our game, and if we go into the playoffs with a, a version of that, with some other of these guys' arms that can throw some bulk innings. Uh, just to make sure we don't overuse the one inning guys, I think we got a real good chance. And obviously, our offensive defense play play well, and we pitch up to our capability. We can beat anybody. So when you look at it, we just gotta. You know, Kirsch and I gotta figure out how to, uh, you know, f- uh, be uh, be ready to rock in the playoffs, and then also help the help these young guys with the uh, emotions that are gonna come with it. See what's behind him right now. The monuments. Yeah, he's he's doing all the monuments. I want to know what's oh, your yeah. favorite. What your favorite thing to visit is while you're there, or is the wife no, like, just, ah, we're gonna do this? So we uh, we we live in in Illinois, so we got to go see Lincoln Monument for sure, right? Old Honest Abe, that's yep. our boy. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. the best backdrop though we've had we've probably. Had, oh, yeah. yeah, like oh, it's sure. just American. It's as fuck. There's really no yeah. Yeah. America. America. <laughs> you are American, that American. Fuck right now. I love it. That is, that is, and you, you know, you're with the family. I would never make you choose which your, which of your kids is the favorite. But some of the kids Ooh. on your team, which of the kids, the rookies that you were just mentioning, is your favorite, and you think is going to be the best, or is just an absolute dude that you're like, I like this guy. He could be a Lance Lynn in 15 years. So I, you know, 
the, I've, we got some good ones. I've got to spend the most time with with Bobby so far, so that's an easy easy one for me to uh, to pick at the moment, just because. I've been, he's been here. Some of these other guys have come up and down and done some spot starts, so I haven't really got to know him yet. But Bobby's personality, uh, what he goes through each day, what he what he does to take care of himself as a young guy, has been pretty impressive. And uh, you know, he's got the he's got a desire inside him to to, to be good, and he, and he gets frustrated when he doesn't dominate. So we got to learn to uh, you know make sure that those obviously those wants are still there, but also figure out how to uh, not let them consume you where it takes you away from what you know what you're trying to do that day either. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with him just because of the you know we've we've gotten to know each other uh, so far and it's it's been fun. Lance, uh, your former ball club, which is not a playoff contender, I know you're happy to be on the Dodgers now. Made some switches so since we spoke to you, Kenny Williams out, Rick Hahn out. I know you spent some time there, um, and we got some of your thoughts right last time about the White Sox. Since then, though, Chris Getz gets hired to run the show there. What kind of relationship did you have with him? And what do you think, good or bad, about the White Sox moves? You know, it's not just Getz. I think there's been a lot of public scrutiny because no matter who it was going to be, if you don't interview dudes outside of the ball club, it's just not a good look. But that's Jerry's team. So your thoughts on what's gone down since in Chicago? Like, you think they're on a better path? Uh, I mean, when you look at some some change, even if it's some internal change, uh, could be good because you get some maybe uh, gets can get some of his thoughts across and things like that. Uh, now that he's the, you know, the sole uh, decision maker on the baseball side of things, um, when you have that, um, gets played, gets understands it. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that came up through the minor leagues knows him well, so I think that that's going to be the big. Uh, big thing moving forward so hopefully he can push some things across and really get things moving in a direction for the whole group um i know that he's got some good ideas just from when i had some interactions with him while i was there and and now it's his show so uh you know just for having teammates there and friends i I hope it goes well for him and all that and i will tell this like jerry is very a uh jerry's that one thing is is Jerry doesn't throw anyone on the bus and all that. He's a very loyal person, um, and he trusts Getz, and he's known him well. So it's your, your team, your organization, if you feel like him being the guy that picks all the decisions and all that, and you're loyal and you trust him, you know, I respect it. Um, and you just got to see how it works out. Now, you said he played. What do you think the difference is when a GM is somebody that played? Like, how is a GM who played going to interact differently with you or with players? Um, we, we all know this one, when, when the guy played a little bit or they, even the assistant GMs that played a little bit, they come up and talk to you, you know, that they understand the grind. They understand, uh, the human element of things. They understand that, you know, you're not going to feel good. The body hurts and stuff like that. Sometimes you feel like some of these guys that never played have, uh, they, sometimes they, they don't understand it. Um, and that's, you know, that's, it's all right. Cause that's just the way it's, it's built. Um, but the fact that he did it, he struggled, uh, you know, he went through the ups and downs of being a player and knows that, you know, there's a lot of failure in this game. Could be good to help a young team. Uh, we'll finish with, with your dude, Kershaw. So the, the question, and then I'll provide the context. You probably already know this. Like, are Velo readings overrated sometimes? Because, you know, his Velo was down last start. Obviously, he was getting crushed in the clubhouse by the media being like, what's wrong? Is it your shoulder? Whatever. And he kept being like, I'm fine. So do you think, especially with a veteran like that, like he is fine and leave him alone and he would kind of let you know if there was something going on? Because he's usually actually been pretty transparent about 
like where he's at. And we know like he, he doesn't usually make, you know, 30 plus starts anymore. Been around for a while. But like it seems like he knows his body. And if he's saying he's fine, he's fine. Yeah, uh, obviously uh, being his locker mate and uh, getting to talk to him a little bit physically and everything, he's in he's in a good spot. So I think he's a little frustrated that it's not coming out the way he wants right now. But I also know that uh, he's doing everything to make sure when it comes time, it's going to be ready to come out. So he came back. What did he go? He threw some sim games and then came back and got right back into games after the, after the layoff. I think it's going to be truly seeing some buildup. And right now is a great time for it to have that little – that little area where you're kind of down because um, you're going through getting back in the flow of things, multiple starts, multiple innings in a row. So I think down the stretch here, we'll be in a good spot, especially moving into the playoffs, kind of building back up. Can you send us a picture of what? you and Abe Lincoln? Yeah, you got that. <laughs> Done. I'll, I'll send it over to Frey here in about 30 minutes. Please Perfect. text him. And we'll, we'll put it on. I know you're not on social, so can we share it? Yeah, sounds good. Yep. Oh, Lance and Honest Abe here in D.C. Lance and Abe, who's got the better beard? All right, perfect. <laughs> thanks, Lance. Thanks, Have fun out there, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Cheers, man. Lance Cheers. Lynn of the Dodgers with us in the D.C. on the tour. Love that. The Dodgers. The Doyers, not the White Sox. <laughs> Who said Wow. <laughs> Shots fired on a Friday. I'm out of here. Well, let's bring in our, our next guest here, Ryan Helsley of the St. Louis Cardinals, joining us on FT Live. Ryan, how you doing? There's a full-on battle going on between these two about their pitching performances. So uh, for any of your position player teammates that have ever pitched, do you feel like they get a little cocky if they put together three outs on a mound and they don't give anything up? Yeah, you know, they make it seem like it's the easiest thing in the world and they give the pitch <laughs> all kinds of kinds of crap, you know, like why is it so hard to throw strikes? Um, one in particular is Andrew Kisner. He has a one of the triple zero ERAs and um, – you know, he talks about it all the time, and he likes to make a joke about it. Yeah, but the, yeah, but there's there's a difference between throwing one inning like Todd did and getting a strikeout. I got seven innings. <laughs> That's a seven, lot. Seven pro innings, okay? So <laughs> that this game's to, easy. Goes to show you that they didn't have much care for him if he got one taken off the shin or the stomach or anything. They took care of me. They said, well, wait till your last year you're playing. We don't want you to get hurt. We didn't care. I mean, I didn't need you to tell me that. <laughs> Austin Hedges pitched, what, two, two outings? Two days in a row. Two days in a row the other day. That's true. What was your ERA? I don't know. Like a four? Zero for me. Zero. Better than Ryan. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> better than everyone. You can't do better than Todd. He threw 102 the other day. You guys aren't even on the same pl- universe. I, 102. That's pretty darn good. Every Ryan, how you doing, here, man? So, first off, how you doing? How's the arm feeling? Yeah, it's feeling a lot better. You know, it was kind of a long recovery process and uh, feels good to get back out there and kind of get back in the swing of things. And, uh, you know, we have about 20 games left, so hopefully get some good work in, you know, and uh, feel good about going into the offseason. Hey, we were talking about Tommy John surgeries. We're talking about, uh, you know, Strasburg being hurt. Um, Bueller. Or Bueller, no, but I know I was getting on to Bueller, but yeah, yeah. He, we talked about him trying to make a comeback this year after getting a second Tommy John. I mean, you know better. I, I don't know if you've ever had Tommy John surgery. I, I don't want to speak out of place, but I guess not. But coming back from injury, man, it's a touchy subject. You want to be 100%, especially with our arbitration, as Kratzy brought up coming up. Um, is there big conversations? What goes on through that whole process injury wise? 
Yeah, for sure. You know, you're trying to <clears throat> be healthy and not, you know, push through anything and make things work, you know, worse. And, uh, you know, I feel like pitching is a lot different than a position player. Obviously, I've never played every day like a lot of these guys do. But, you know, the smallest things can, you know, affect a pitcher and, you know, how things feel and how you recover. And coming back from injury, you know, things might not feel quite right and feel the same like they did pre-injury. You know, you're stressing new tissue again. And, like, Bueller, you know, he's got a new ligament. It's never been stressed like that before. And, you know, even the AAA outing is a lot different than the big leagues, and the stress levels are a lot different. So, I mean, I think it's smart on his part. You know, it's the second time he's had it before, so he knows, you know, what he's looking for and what he wants to feel like. Is it different when you get hurt at the beginning of your career and you're, like, still trying to establish yourself till now where you're more established, you're, you're getting significant innings, and you're a big piece of the bullpen? Um, I don't know. I think I would probably try to approach it the same way, you know. Like, you don't want to – push through a small injury and, you know, compounding it and making it worse, and then it turns into something big, you know, and that's kind of the way I looked at it this year. I didn't want to come back in a month, you know, and then possibly have a worse injury, maybe miss the rest of the year and maybe all of next year. So just wanted to take a couple extra weeks and, you know, really listen to my body and uh, make sure I was feeling well and, you know, and trying to end the season on a good note. Ryan, what kind of conversations go on between a pitcher, the medical staff, the front office, the coaching staff, et cetera, to try to talk through, like helping us out through what, say, Walker Bueller just would have gone through, right? Where you figure out, hey, this is when we think you should actually get back on a mound in the minor leagues. This is our plan going forward. Like, can you kind of take us behind the curtain as, as much as you're able to on what the communication process is and how everyone figures that out together so we can also determine, like, did they get to a point where they said, okay, we're going to try this out. Let's see how you feel. Even if you're not hurt, if it doesn't feel right, let's just stop it because you're coming back. On the shorter side, he is from his second Tommy John. Yeah, you know, it's an ongoing conversation daily. You know, coming back from the injury, you can feel good one day and then, you know, not feel so good the next two. It's kind of weird, you know, you're coming back and really just trying to listen to your body and pay attention, you know. And, you know, the Cardinals did a great job of, you know, having that dialogue day in and day out and, you know, really – one to cater to, you know, my injury and the things that I needed to bounce back. And, um, you know, it's, it's different too. Once you start games, you know, it's a whole different stress level than, you know, long toss or even just throwing a bullpen. And, you know, that's kind of what I ran into. Once I got to games, I was taking two to three days to feel somewhat normal again. And just that stress level was so much higher than I had, you know, been used to for two and a half, three months. And, you know, finally the last couple of weeks, my body's done a lot better responding and, um, so I think that's the biggest key, you know, is just having your body respond quickly in the way it needs to. And obviously everybody's body's different and responds and heals in a different way. So that's the tough part. I feel like, you know, a lot of players and medical staff faces, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's got their own timeline. And I think it's important that everybody, you know, can kind of follow their own own pace. Hey, um, heard you have a twin brother named Kyle. I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. We're looking that up and talking. How was he as an athlete? Was there battles when you guys were younger? I, I, I would uh, love to know because I got thrown through some walls with my brother. So <laughs> was he? does he think he's a better athlete than you or no? Oh, yeah. I mean, growing up, we definitely competed, you know, in the driveway playing basketball or, you know, we had a game we called Set Hut and basically 1v1s in the yard, my dad throwing the pass. And <laughs> there's definitely some snot bubbles and crying and, you know, knock down drag out fights out there you know you never want to lose especially to your brother um but it, it was cool and ha having a brother growing up you know having a twin you know we were together for 
18 years until we both went to different colleges and we played three sports together all throughout high school and that, that was really cool to always have you know a, a twin right next to you through all that all right now we'll take it to your older brother wayno and <laughs> his his pursuit or maybe you see him as more of like a dad or uncle i'm not sure what that relationship is what do you think dad uncle or older brother probably a combination of the two he's definitely like the father figure of the you know of, of the team you know he leads us in everything we do and you know like you said trying to get to 200 you know it's been kind of crazy but i mean i think Wayno's so close you know you can you can feel it and it's like i, I think his mindset is if it, if it happens it happens you know i don't really think he's stressing too much about it obviously he cares about it wants it to really happen you know we all do for him you know and hopefully it does you know the, the clock's ticking here so we'll, we'll see what happens well, that's what I was going to ask you. 200 is a big, big number. He's two away. So I'm going to paint the scenario for you. September 27th, you come out on the mound. You guys are winning 6-5, and you're in the game, and this is for his 200th win, and it's his W. How much pressure do you feel? Is that, is that something that is really going to be like, wow, like get you going playoff atmosphere? Uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, I haven't really thought about that, and – Try not to look too far ahead, uh, especially being in the bullpen. Just try to take it one day at a time. Um, try not to make too much out of the thing. You know, obviously it'd be a big deal for him. And, you know, looking back on it, there's probably been 20 or 30 games in his career where he could have a win, you know, where guys have blown it. So, I mean, just trying not to make too big of a deal about it, you know, and just try to take the same approach as go out there and try to do my job one pitch at a time like I have the last 150-plus times I've done in the big leagues. You guys are wrong, though, about brother, cousin, uncle. His nickname's Uncle Charlie. He's obviously your uncle. Oh, that's true. No? <laughs> because of his pitch. That's not now. I know, it's but not, it all kind of blends together depends. when you're the – he could be like the, the weird uncle. He's been uncles uncles buy you – not the weird uncle. You don't want you don't want the weird uncle in the clubhouse. <laughs> not where you're showering. Not that kind of weird. Yeah, that's weird. Too shy. You get – no. Like, uncle, if he's buying him his gifts, if he's buying, if he's buying Ryan gifts, cool uncle. then he's a cool uncle. Cool uncle. If he's an older brother – you know, he might leave like a little hot foot for him. Well, that's a good question. Any anybody ever buy you a gift when you first came up? Yeah, we know actually bought me uh, so in spring training. You know, there's guys that come around that make custom suits and stuff, and he bought me two. I think one in 2020 and one in 21, and he usually does that every year. I mean, there's probably anywhere from three to five, seven guys he buys suits for every year, which is I think is really cool. And um, we're probably one of the few teams that actually wears suits and jackets on the. We travel still on the road, so um, I think that's really cool that he does that, you know, making sure guys, you know, have a, a nice wardrobe when they come up here. All right, so what's going to be your thing, right? You keep rolling along. You make the big bucks and the bigs. Are you going to have a go-to? Like, you give everybody – Kratz is always trying to come up with this. You give everybody some gift when they first come up to the bigs or you take them for a meal or you do something, at least with, like, a fellow bullpen dude because you've been there. Do you have anything in mind that you would want to do both gift wise and also just, you know, anything that you do with any rookie that comes up to the show and is like, Hey dude, I know, you know, I don't throw one Oh two, but I'd like to be in the league like you have for years now. Yeah. I think just, you know, dinners for sure. You know, hopefully I can do that and take the bullpen out, you know, a couple of times a year. And, um, you know, just, we have a thing too, where we tried to, we made goals early in the year. Um, it was in our Bible study group, just like when you're on the road, cause you have more time on the road, try to, not eat breakfast alone that way you know you build that relationship and that bond with your teammates and you know because that stuff can go a long way you know in, in the season when it's eight months long and you know you're trying to make a push in october awesome so i'm 
I'm a, I've been, we've been looking up some stuff on you because I'm always intrigued about where people come from. You went to Sequoia High School Old Gym, which is an all-Native American high school. First player to reach the majors from that high school. So is there like a monster collage when you walk into that high school? Like, this is our guy, man. He did it, you know? And, and you also go back there and help students and ancestors go back to Trail of Tears, man. Talk to us about all that stuff. Yeah, man, it's really cool and really special, you know, to be from there and, you know, to be Native American. Um, you know, when I was in high school, you know, there's people from all over the country, but before that, 10, 20 years before, you know, it's technically considered a boarding school and there was kids literally from all over the country that would live there on campus in the dorms. Um, so it's, it's really cool to be there and see, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids from all over the country and, you know, the different, you know, heritage and stuff that come with it. Um, and just being there, you know, going back and helping those kids, it was really special. You know, I haven't done it in a couple of years, you know, and feel like once you have a family and get to the big leagues, you know, your life starts to speed up and the True. off season's almost more busy than, you know, yep. during the season. So, um, but I do go back, you know, try to watch a football game or, you know, just go show my face and they actually have a little bit of like a showcase, I guess, and the new gym they have, a, I don't know exactly what they have, maybe a pair of cleats and a jersey and stuff like that. But um, it's, it's really cool to go back and, you know, kind of see that and where I've come from. And we've had, a quarterback make it to the NFL. His name's Nate Stanley, and we had a girl make it to the WNBA. She, um, nice, Angel Goodrich. Yeah, we've had a, we've had a couple people make it pretty far, and you know, um, so that's been cool to be a part of that. Iowa, love it. Right, Stanley went to Iowa. He went yeah. to Ole Miss, and then I think he got drafted by the Ravens. Maybe I don't know how much time he had in the NFL, but he went to Ole Miss out of, out of high school. Nice. All right, I got a question for you. Back to Cardinal stuff, okay? So obviously we know this team's not a playoff team for the first time in a long time this year. So it's a different role for the Cardinals, just like we're seeing this with the Yankees right now, right? It's a team that's in the playoffs every year. So I think about two things for a team that hasn't been in this spot um, in a long time. Number one, you get to see how some young guys are doing, right? Like right now, Mason Wynn getting some time in the show and not sure if he'd be up in a normal situation or not, but like you get to see, Hey, let's, let's see what you got for a month. So how is that for some of the young guys where you don't have to be so focused on every single, obviously you want to win the games, but it's not all about winning. It's also about setting yourselves up for next year. And then how does that pair with the fun of playing spoiler and having like a little bit off your shoulders right now, you're not in a total battle for a wild card or a division right now. You could be like, oh, Cincinnati coming to town with your young squad. Let's ruin your life for a few days. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> obviously it's the big league, so every day is important. And no matter what your record is, you're trying to go out there and compete and win and do your job. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just trying to – we have some good teams coming up down the stretch. You know, a lot of teams making a playoff push. And, you know, I think we approach all those games just like we do every game, you know, starting the year just like we are now is trying to win and go out there and compete. And, um, you know, yeah, seeing the young guys has been cool, you know, just trying to be – somewhat of a leader now this is my fifth season so not really a veteran but you know i've been around for a few years so just trying to be someone that you know the young guys in the bullpen or even position players can come to and feel like they can talk to because you know it's a long season and it can be very intimidating your first you know a couple of years until you really feel like you've established yourself and feel like you belong um so just trying to help those guys any way i can and you know it's been fun watching jordan walker you know grow this year and uh, you know, some of the other guys, too, get their chance. And, um, you know, I think it's it's great for them to come up, you know, the last 20 games and just have fun and hang loose, you know, see what they're capable of and, you know, go out there and just attack each day and, you know, make the most opportunity. I need you to be real with this next answer. 
You're not giving anything away. You're not, you're not like, you're not softer. What's the best team? Who's the best team in, in the central that you, you think is the best? Um, pitching wise, I think it's the Brewers. They've been, they've probably had one of the better pitching staffs, you know, starters for sure. And their bullpen has been great all year too. Um, Lineup wise, I would probably say the Cubs. I would say they're probably well. Besides ours, our, our lineup's great. Our pitching just hasn't been good. I'd probably actually say our lineup's the best lineup in the Central. Um, but yeah, we've just had been able to click on all cylinders this year. And you know, starting the year, we thought we were going to be one of those teams pushing in October, and obviously it hasn't worked out that way. Ryan, a uh, question for you about some of the toughest hitters that you've faced this year. Let's first start with the division. Like, are there guys on, say, the playoff contenders like the Reds and the Cubs that have really stood out to you um, that you think could, like, kind of make a name for themselves in the playoffs? I mean, they're two different teams, too. The Cubs are definitely a more veteran squad, especially mm -hmm. with their position players, right? Like, I'm sure you've seen what Bellinger has done this year, where with Cincinnati, it's like almost all rookies. And they, I do, I'm 99% sure they have the youngest average age on their position players. Kratz is shaking his head. He's my stats guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Cubs, you know, more veteran group and, you know, guys like Dansby, I've faced him a few times and, you know, he's, he's got a couple of hits off me and uh, he's probably one of the better hitters on the club. Cubs guy that's, you know, tough, tough out always a good fastball hitter uh, with the Reds. Um, there's a couple of guys, Tyler Stevenson and like Jonathan India, they've had some success off of me. Um, but a lot of other guys, you know, they're younger, I haven't, I haven't faced a whole lot. Um, you know, they're, they're young and I feel like that's kind of injected, you know, life into their into their lineup and their team and you know they've just played hard all year and you know they like to create havoc on the base pass and they actually have a really good bullpen too um so i think that you know it's been a big year for them and you know it'll be an exciting series here this weekend all right question for you that we want to start mixing into a lot of our regulars on ft what was your welcome to the big leagues moment you could go wherever you want to go here it could just be like walking in the clubhouse and seeing whoever, some big veteran on your team, right? Um, it could be someone you faced. Was there one moment where you're like, all right, I'm in. This is it. Yeah, probably just on my debut, honestly. You know, like you said, walking into the clubhouse and, you know, seeing what a big league clubhouse looked like. And I actually ended up pitching that night, too, in Milwaukee and uh, came in with one guy on second or maybe two. I don't remember, but I faced Yelich, and that was the year he was like, Started the year off with like 12 homers in like the first 12 games, and he actually ended up hitting the homer off of me too. Got him 0-2, and he put together a good at bat, and uh, ended up clipping me there, and um, ended up pitching well after that. But that was probably like you know, all right, this is the big leagues. You got to make better pitches when you're ahead 0-2. So, <laughs> <laughs> what about um, was there like a, I guess a moment where you, well, I guess closer was later. When 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 did you pick up your first save? I think 2020 season, the shortened season. So it was my second year. Yeah. Um, I would say that, like, when I felt like I started to belong a little bit, it was probably playoffs in 19. Um, most of the year that in 19, I was kind of the long guy. You know, I was built up as a starter to start the year. And then when I come out of the bullpen during the regular season, it's mostly, you know, getting three plus outs, cover some innings, you know, pick up the team. Then the playoffs came around and started throwing really well. I don't remember how many innings I threw six or seven, but I don't think I gave up a hit. And, you know, and that was kind of 
prove to myself that all right, I can I can really pitch at this level, you know, and at a high level and contribute. You know, I'm pitching in these big playoff games, and at the end of the day, just telling myself, you know, it's 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 no different than any other game. You know, it's just got you know higher implications, obviously, and you're trying to compete for a World Series, but just trying to simplify things and you know telling yourself it's the same game and not trying to you know make it too big than it is. All right, so you have Mason Wynn, super prospect. Bazooka for an arm, probably throws harder than you, but don't worry oh, about it. Don't whoa, be jealous. Whoa. Don't be jealous. Ryan, don't be you jealous. can fight that back. Fight back. <laughs> don't, don't fight back. <laughs> Is the man good on the mic, and has he been up on the front of the bus more than once? Uh, I don't think we've actually had him up. I mean, this is my first road trip in three months, so and he was up probably two or three weeks ago. He he might have sang already, but I haven't heard any stories about it. I doubt he has. So we we still have about six games on this road trip, so I'm sure we'll get our fair share of some rookies on the mic coming up. And will and will he get dressed up, or has that been has that been ixnade on the Cardinals? No. I, I think when we go to San Diego, they're going to do some kind of dress up and uh, have all the rookies do their thing. I haven't I haven't heard what it is. It's usually like the veteran guys like Michaelis or Wayno who who decide on what goes on there. Ryan, in like five years, let's say you guys are in like the World Series and there's a rain delay. Like there's the Jason Hayward moment where he brings in the the squad in the clubhouse. Who do you think that'll be out of this position player group right now? Is there somebody? That stands out like is Walker a talker? Is is Mason Wynn like that? You know, like projecting forward. You gotta count out like Goldie's too old. Sorry, I, I would tell him, but like I'm I'm trying to go further down the line, right? Like years down the line of the new group. Who's the guy that you think it doesn't have to be? I don't need you to project like who's gonna be best. I wanna know like right. in the locker room who's gonna command it. The leader. Uh I mean, maybe Newbar. He he's pretty good with that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I think you saw it in the World Baseball Classic, <laughs> hyping the dudes up in the in the in the dugout and you know, he's pretty good with, like, speaking and rah-rah and stuff like that. So I could definitely see, you know, Newt being that type of guy going forward. Newt's, Newt's an international Newt's superstar. He's everywhere right yeah. now. He's he's really built his brand. He's no Otani built his brand. but Yeah, but he – Newt's, Newt's built his brand. <laughs> he leveraged Otani, which is fine. He, That's fair. Also, I mean, not just leveraged. He was Otani's wingman. He was Otani's wingman. <laughs> he got to hang out with him. And – the WBC, not only did his team win, but the attention, you know, it, it's a bigger deal in Japan than it is here, period, oh right? Right now. It, they had, I think, better than Super Bowl numbers for the WBC, right? Oh, it was, it was something it was like, crazy. One of the games was like 93% of households. That's insane. It was insane that we're watching it. Uh, that had TVs were watching the Japan finals, the finals against the U.S. Do you notice anything different this year with Newt because of that? Not, I'm not saying with you guys. I'm saying, like, are there more fans coming up to him? Um, especially, like, let's say um, there's there's international fans that know about him from the WBC. Also, is he walking around like, yeah, maybe I don't have a triple zero ZRA, but, like, I got more followers than everyone here. <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, we used to have this thing last year in 22 where, I mean, we were neck and neck in followers. I think I have, like, in the mid-30,000 followers, and, you know, he – he was right ahead of me and we'd go back and forth. And then when he left for the world baseball classic, he sent me a screenshot of his followers and he had like 600,000 at this point. And then he's like, dude, you got no chance now. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to hang him up. I got no chance now. I'm never, I'm never catching you. And I think he's over a million now. And uh, I mean, he's the same guy. And, you know, there, I remember in Boston, there was 
quite a few uh, fans there, and I don't remember where else, but there was a lot of a lot of fan, a lot of new fans, which is really cool to see. And it's crazy to see how how quick social media can you know help you build your brand, and you know how far you can you go with that. Can we help him? Like, is there something that that we can do? Like, you're you're in the foul territory, fam. You know, one of our first ever interviews. We have you throughout the year. Like, you know, we're we're starting to starting to get some love. Like, if you combine everything we got, we probably are. I would say about a hundred thousand followers between TikTok, YouTube, IG, all that kind of stuff. Like, is there anything that that we can do to be helpful? Like putting clips out there, or like sharing something crazy? Like, how can we help you catch up to Newt? Besides, obviously, you know. <laughs> Being uh, Otani's wingman, yeah, I don't think I have a fighting chance in that one. No matter, no matter what we do, uh, I'm not much of not a yet. social media presence. Presence anyway, I don't, I don't really care too much about it. I've just, I've had it since it came out, since I was in high school, and uh, just try to use it and make the most of it when I can. All right, well, we're we're gonna try. We'll think we'll of help. something. We'll help. Todd's, Father's Todd's got, got some homework. You might have there to we go. run out, run out of the bullpen, like. With your boxers and jersey on, something like that, and go that'll viral. Work. <laughs> go viral. That might work. Don't yeah. do that. Don't do. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Trip on purpose do that. when you come out for the uh, opening day announcement. Don't do that either. Don't do that. He Kratz doesn't need two thousand dollars. Um, look that up. <laughs> right. Exactly. Two thousand dollars. Have a two point something million million. That's what he needs. He needs. He needs more views. Yeah. All right. Well, Ryan, we'll keep working on it, and we'll check back in a few weeks and see what we come up with for you. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> cheers man you're doing your thing we'll talk to you soon all right all right i'll see y'all okay see you soon ryan helsley of the st louis cardinals joining us on ft live i mean newsbar took a jump but isn't yeah, that the point kind of, of like to me i think that's what mlb kind of squashes down like don't sell yourself it's the team kind of thing look what newbar did and i really honestly if you look at newbar's numbers good player he came up in a lot of like oh i'd love lars newbar you hear Yankee fans, oh, oh, I would love to have yeah, that guy. Yeah, during the deadline, they were like, I want him. I'm like, you're because not getting you, him. <laughs> well, you're not getting him. No, he's not, you know, but he's not an untouchable player. No, he's not a superstar. But when you build your brand, not, and I hate, I hate, there's a negative connotation of building your brand. It's like you sound like you're a selfish person. You're just putting yourself out there like, this is my personality. It might not work in your city. Yep. He might, like, look at Schwarber. Schwarber has ingratiated himself. Harper with Philly because of who they are. Yeah, they've played well, but it's from who they are, and that's how they get – that's how you build your brand. And to me, that's how you get maybe an extra year on contracts. And I might be emotional players sure. that they're not doing that. I think it works. I can give you a good example of how I think building your brand needs to be um, looked at as a positive in the bigs. Cause right now I, I know I've heard that or there where I've, I've talked to players where, you know, like you're talking off camera or whatever to a player, like, how's that dude? They're like, Oh, he's building his brand, you know? And, and it's like, it's a negative. It's it a sounds diss. selfish. Yeah. And, and my answer, I didn't say it back then, but my answer would be, is he building his brand or is he contributing to the game? Cause he's bringing more eyeballs to the game. Guys always say, how can I give back to the game more, right? I can't, I can't connect with every kid. I can't do this and that. That's why I just sign autographs. I'm like, that, that's cool. That's nice. That's great. But you're, you're, every time you do that, you're connecting with one person. Yep. When these guys do this sometimes to a larger crowd like Nupar, right? When he, when he speaks, when he puts something out there, when he does another interview, you're connecting with thousands of people at a time versus and, the one autograph. The, the autographs too. are great, right? Like, Judgy and Trout and some of those guys, they're great. Before every game, they'll connect with a kid and they'll change totally. his life, right, by, by talking to him.
But the other side of that is, is doing shows, doing a little more on social, right? Even if you need help, like your agency yep. needs to help you, that's actually giving back to the game. And I don't know if guys realize that. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree. And I think we've always said this, that baseball gets a bad rap. Like, what's going on? Like, why aren't, why aren't they being – why aren't we getting this craziness about baseball like football and basketball do? And I don't know. If MLB is trying to hold that back, I don't know, because guys like Mike Trout should be the voice of baseball, the, the guy that's, you know, speaking up for everybody else and that kind of stuff. But for, for, for New, it's, it's great because he's got other countries that are – following them too as well so you get a different perspective from there but i think it's baseball was wrong in trying to make it trout trout's the best player doesn't mean he needs to be the face of baseball he doesn't need to speak up for baseball that might not be his thing it's not but <laughs> let guys that that is their thing shine it in a positive light not yeah. like whoa you know what this guy tweets six times a day he's probably a distraction yeah it's not because you hear it you hear it from the pr guys you hear it from like even some of the pr guys don't don't, don't be that guy don't, don't let don't yeah. yeah come on don't 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 do too much because we don't want too much on your plate what do you mean like this is my plate this is my career it yeah. is short it is a short career also you're making money for your squad right this is how i would have a conversation with an owner i'd go Oh, you think Newbar is too much on socials? He's got a bunch of Cardinals fans in Japan for you now that are coming over, spending money at your ballpark. Think about that. They're buying your merch. Seriously, that's real. He's posting pictures of Cardinals. Every time you get your, your brand, your image, a team's brand and image out there, it builds it. That's To me, that's where we got to build the whole, all of MLB. Like even if you raise MLB by 1%, everybody, the entire MLB, look at the attendance is up. Philly's attendance is up by over 9,000 fans this year per game. Wow. Because they built a team. Also with stars that are marketable. With stars, yes. Yeah, they're doing it right. On that topic. Give me that thing. We almost broke them. They should learn. I know. Well. That's okay. Though. There's good news on that front. Yes. On that topic, if you need more about your brand, first of all, follow this guy. Single him up. But also, his favorite brand when he's outside and it's sunny is what he's wearing. Our friends at Shady Rays. So if you're looking for high quality shades and not breaking the bank, Aircrats, uh, where's yours? That's your camera. Singles right there, here. baby. Um, Shady Rays has lost and broken replacements that will hook you up with a brand new pair. No questions asked that they'll send you if you lose or break the current pair. Like I'm handing it off to Kratzy like that and I make a mistake. Kratz would never do that. I would. Also, if you don't love the pair that you pick out, you can exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. Look as cool as Kratz and hit up ShadyRays.com using the code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. It's their best deal of the year. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. 